Hugh Freeze took to the podium today to talk about Auburn football spring practice. Let's discuss his comments on this edition of the Yup's Info podcast. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. Yes, sir. What is up, Auburn family? I hope everybody's had a good week, man. I hope your Friday is going well. I'm your host, Dustin Smith. Joined as always by my guy, Blake Lane. And Blake, they're playing football in Auburn, Alabama, brother. Football is back. How excited are you for that, my guy? I'm pumped. I'm loving what I'm hearing from head coach Hugh Freeze. Loving what I'm hearing from players that are veterans, mm-hmm. uh, that are holding other people accountable this year. It really feels like where we've been looking for that leader, Dustin. Some people are wanting to step up in that role. So I'm pumped. I'm always pumped when it comes to Auburn football. I Like me and you were just talking off air, we just want to get back to winning, homie. That's it. Like We just want to get back to winning. Uh, everybody you know, from other fan bases, they always want to knock the Auburn Tigers, right? Yeah. Everybody always says, oh, Auburn ain't this, Auburn ain't that. Hey, brother, Auburn has been – in 04, undefeated season. 2010, national champion. All right. 2013 was 13 seconds away from being another national champion. So Auburn can be that. Auburn can get back to that. That's what I'm most excited about. And I can't wait to talk about it with you, brother, when we do get back to that. Yeah. No, that would be um, – it's a lot more fun to talk about wins. And we get to do it when we talk about basketball. We get to do it when we talk about baseball. But we all know, man, that football is the straw that stirs the drink in the South. So it, it obviously is at Auburn University. And that's going to be – until we get back to that point, man, it's just going to feel like something's missing. Something's missing around town. You know, like yep. football is what – it's just what – the town runs off of it. We all know this. So we're hungry, man. The Auburn fan base is hungry. And um, – but – Blake, the first thing I'll say, man, is when Hugh Freeze got up to that podium today, he starts talking right out the gate before he gets any questions about culture. And, you know, we've been talking about culture on this podcast since the bowl game. And we've warned our listeners it's something that we're going to talk about all the way up until August 31st when they kick that thing off because it is just the most important aspect of what's going on. And, you know, me and Blake acknowledge and we're going to break down all the rooms and the positions and all that as the summer goes on. But number one, man, there's a reason why we say it a lot here, but there's a reason why the other programs that are on campus are successful. And you can listen to, listen to the way that Bruce Pearl talks about how close this team is. Listen to the way that other players on baseball, the way they talk about their coach and Butch, listen to the way that the women's team talks about coach Harris. You can go down the list. The successful programs. Look at other college football programs. Georgia seems pretty bought in, doesn't it? Now, I don't know how Kirby has convinced Georgia that people are telling them preseason they're going to go four and eight, but he's got them all bought in. Every all seventy guys are saying it after the national title. Y'all said we were going to go four and eight. I don't know, like Adolf Hitler Nazi level propaganda stuff going on over there in Athens. Okay, y'all are really spending something over there. But you got them bought in. And and that's where Auburn's got to get back to, man, is everybody saying the same thing, everybody being bought in. And Hugh Freeze can only do so much, Blake. And that's kind of one of the things that, before I really get into some of the things that, that Hugh said, uh, something that really stood out to me was Luke Deal today. 
Luke Deal, he said, we are going to enrich some guys, enrich some folks. If you're late to practice, we got something for you. We got a little something for you. And then when he was asked about that, uh, his leadership council and the job that they're doing, the players that he's put in charge of the culture and all that, he said, listen, he said, uh, if you're one of the guys that's being held accountable and you don't like it, that's part of it. That's part of life. And you can either get with it or you can get out. And he acknowledged that last year it was too lenient. Like Rivaldo talked about last year after the bowl game. Guys got leashes that are just too long, man. Um, Blake, there really seems to be from Hugh, and it seems to listening to Rivaldo talk today, listening to Luke talk today, listening to Peyton Thorne talk today, there really seems to be a emphasis on we're going to do this the right way this time. And felt like there were some games left on the table last year. And a lot of that is because he had a bunch of guys, Blake, that were going in different directions. Look, I think this is exactly what Auburn football needs. You need guys to – let's bring it out in the open, all right? Let's bring it out there and say, hey, these guys, they were messing around last year. They weren't wanting to show up on to practice at times. All right, they were late for workouts. We had a moment in the season last year where people were like, man, where's this guy at? Where's this guy at? Dustin and I were, well, he's he's probably not going to get the, the time that you think this weekend. Well, why is that? Well, we can't tell you because it's not our place, but he's just probably not going to be in there much. <laughs> there was reasons for that, all right? And those guys hit the portal because of that. And Rivaldo, he brought it out right after the bowl game. Said, hey, look, it is what it is. I'm tired of being hush-hush. I I ain't spending my last year like this. I think that's what you need. I think you got to get it out there. I think your head coach is on the same page. Luke Deal, all right? On his 15th year at Auburn. (laughs) I love Luke Deal, by the way. He don't want to go out like that. He don't. He don't want to go out like that. He wants to be a leader. He wants to hold people accountable. He wants to get Auburn back to the standard. I'll tell you another thing. When Nick Saban come into Alabama, Dustin, he had some bad apples. He had to take one of their most talented guys and say, hey, you, get out. You're great. You're great. You're a hell of a football player. But you got to go, brother. Got to go. And people were questioning, man, how could he do that to DJ Hall? I mean, that's that's one of Alabama's best players. I, I mean, that's that's insane. He just took one of our most talented athletes and just got rid of him. That's because he was a problem. That's why. He was an issue in the locker room. Bad apples create they're just they create hostility in a locker room. And when guys don't show up on time, look, those younger guys, they were looking at some of those older guys saying, mm-hmm. hey, well, if they can do it, then we can do it. Yeah, yeah. So well, if they can get away with it, so can we. So maybe in two years, if I don't feel like coming to a workout, I ain't got to come to a workout. 
can't have that, man. Can't have you're not going to win. You're not going to win. Do you think Michigan players were late for workouts this year, Dustin? It shows up on third and it shows up on third and three when you got to have that stop. Game seven in the season, fourth quarter, twenty four to twenty one, you're down. That's when it's going to what you did in the off season. That's when it's going to show up. There was a yep. word that you used before we started recording, and Hugh used it this uh, in the press conference as well. And I think it's going to be the buzzword. I think you're going to hear this word a whole lot coming from the team. It's accountability. Hugh said we had a way too casual approach last year. There was no accountability. He said that we came in and we set a standard, and then we didn't hold people accountable to that standard. So, like you said, if a young guy comes in and he sees that, it's it's screwed. It, I mean, right there, like it, it's screwed. There's not, like you said, Michigan's not doing that. Bama hasn't been doing that, and their record reflects that. Listen to Kirby Smart's halftime speeches that gets leaked. And it, it's, it's usually some care in that leaks it. That's like, why is why is Kirby talking like this to the? I, I don't think this is a good way to represent the University of Georgia and blah blah blah. Um, you know that that always kind of cracks me up. But there's a reason why when you listen to those halftime speeches, man, that's that's the reason why that program is where it is. Because I can guarantee you, he didn't just turn that on that halftime or that pregame. He's that way every single day. So if you come in there late two, three minutes late, and you got to deal with that? Oh, okay. And Georgia's winning national championships, and they're in the playoff every year, and they just won 20-something 20 games in a row. And, you know, and you could make the argument that if they would have been in the playoff, things could have made a lot different, right? Like, they're on top of college football, right? And there's accountability, man. It matters. And it sounds, it sounds corny, and it sounds cheesy and all that. Until you see it directly affect your team, on a cold day in Nashville, Tennessee. There was no accountability that day. And it showed up. There had been no accountability that whole season. So now you get to the game that, quote unquote, doesn't matter. And you think they're going to care now? You think there's going to be accountability now? No. Because you let guys slide. Because they were they were your best options in some scenarios. So you let them slide. For what? Did, 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 did it ultimately, did it amount to anything? No. Because now you're in year two talking about, all right, we still got to get the culture right. And it, and it does take time, right? So, like, yeah. I'm not saying that the culture all should have been just flipped in one. But uh, good on you, man, for recognizing. Like, it, I, I think, Blake, that with a lot of these, these college head coaches, they make a lot of money. So, like, they kind of you – don't, you don't hear them a lot of times admit to their mistakes. Like they they kind of run in the show. They're the king of the town, the king of the campus kind of thing. Hugh's been very open and honest and said, like, I made mistakes in my first year. And he was honest again today in the press conference and saying, like, I wasn't good enough when it came to setting the culture, um, holding people accountable, let things slide that we shouldn't have let slide. And but there's only so much he can do, man. There's only so much that he can do. It's on the best teams. The coach sets that, right? It comes from the top down. The coach sets it. But the leaders got to buy in, Blake. And he was asked specifically to name off some guys. And he kind of – I think he was trying to kind of go through rooms and, and yeah. name off the leaders in each room. He said Damari Austin and Jarquez. He mentioned Peyton Thorne. He mentioned Luke Dill. He mentioned Connor Lou and D. Wade. He mentioned Jay Fair, Jalen McLeod. He talked uh, – he kind of extended his – uh, talk a point about Kedrick Falk, and he said 
Falk has just really, really been the leader of that defensive line and letting everybody know, like, hey, let's go. We're not going to be the weakness on this team. Mm -hmm. um, Eugene Asante, no shock there. Uh, Keontae yeah. Scott. And then one that kind of stood out to me was Champ Anthony. He says Champ Anthony is really doing a good job of kind of being a leader in that secondary and and just kind of holding guys accountable there, which we need because Simp's gone, right? Like Keontae's yeah. the guy there, but he can't do it alone. It, it takes it takes multiple guys. Um, so just kind of reading off some of these names, Blake, just what stands out to you and and uh, talk about this. It's a lot of guys, man. I, you know, you go back to last year and Hugh kind of mentioned um, you could tell in his tone a lot that he was worried about some of these things. And I think today that he named off a, a good amount of players and he sounded excited about the buy-in and the job that these guys are doing. Well, I'll start at your Georgia thing real quick. And the one thing I wanted to talk about that is with accountability, Georgia lost the SEC title game. And after that loss, they knew that them getting into the playoffs was very slim. Slim to none, right? But what accountability brings is you have to look in the mirror, all right, and if you're truly bought in as a team, are you going to lay down and opt out of a bowl game that doesn't mean a damn thing, or are you going to be accountable for your mistakes that you made in Atlanta, and are you going to go down to Miami and whoop somebody's ass? All right. What did Florida State choose to do and what did Georgia choose to do? Okay. All right. Georgia chose to go down in a game that didn't mean anything and they chose to open up a can of whoop ass. And that's what they did. That right there tells me that whatever Kirby Smart is selling in that locker room, he's selling it at high dollar. All right. Because they're all bought in, stock is rising. All right. <laughs> That is holding players accountable. Hey, you're not going to the playoffs. Your season's over. But guess what? We're one. We're one. We're a team. Ain't no backing out. I don't care if you're your first-round pick, whatever. You're playing. You're going to lay it all on the line. And that's what they did. That right there shows you. That's the difference. Championship mentality, hmm. or you want to go six and seven and play in the Music City Bowl or the Liberty Bowl or the Mayo Bowl or whatever. <laughs> you know, that, that's did, the difference. It did is. Did you see I the mean, FSU player? Did you see his comments that I shared in the group <laughs> chat earlier? Yeah. Uh, oh, and now I wish I would have got to play. All right, well, you know, you had the chance to play. You had the chance to play, and you backed out. All right. I don't even want to go down that road, but uh, <laughs> that, that one got me this week, bro. He's like, oh, yeah. I'm starting to regret it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, man, it is what it is. But like, I think that's what Hugh's going after. You know, I think he's challenging guys like, like the ones that we just mentioned. And you read that list off and I'm sitting here. I hear some young guys on that list. Yeah. Connor yeah. Lou, Keldrick yeah. Ball. Yeah. Uh, champ, champ, Anthony. champ Anthony being a guy that didn't play a whole lot last year, uh, got in, got in some games and looked really looked really good at, at some moments, you know. So seeing him come in and and say, "Hey, look, I want to be a leader, take control, 
Connor Lou, um, Keldrick. Keldrick to me, that's huge. Him being outspoken and and just as young as he is, Connor the same way. That shows me that these older guys are making an impact on the younger talent at Auburn. They're, they know, all right, Luke Deal knows, I'm not going to win a national championship at Auburn. He knows it. He's accepted it. Rivaldo's accepted it. It's just not going to happen, all right? But what I can do is I can lay the groundwork for Connor Lou and this group to do it. I can lay the groundwork for them to make the 12-team playoff and it be the first time Auburn University has made the playoff. All right? They can do that. So you got to have those leaders, Dustin. And it's it's refreshing to finally hear that somebody is owning his mistakes. Hmm. Hey, I own it. I messed up. It, 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 it was me. It was me. I'm the problem. It's me. Since Taylor Swift's a huge deal now, <laughs> I'm the problem. It's me. All right. Um, and, you know, your, your guys believe in you. You know, yeah. when you – it's like it's your job. All right. Anybody's job. It's like your boss making a mistake and then blaming it on you. What happens? You you lose respect. You're like, hey man, you're not gonna sit here. You you're the one who made the mistake. You're not gonna sit here and blame me, you know. But when your boss messes up and then he comes out there to you and he goes, hey man, look, that's on me. All right, that's on me. I'm gonna take that one. You keep doing you. Let's work together. Let's get it done. All right. That's what Hugh did. Hugh said, hey, year one, I I messed up. All right. I'm here to change it. I'm here to make it right. Let's all work together, get in the same boat, and have a hell of a year, too. And I'm excited, Dustin. I think these guys just stepping up, and you're not hearing the same stuff that you were hearing last year. Well, I'll tell you something, too, that really stood out to me was he, at some point in the press conference, he said that the most frustrating part to him about last season was that he said he was not able to reach – the group. He said, I wasn't able to reach a group of kids and get them to be consistent in everything that they were doing. And he just talked about how frustrating that was for him. And he did acknowledge a little bit later, um, kind of how that was on him. But when I heard that, I immediately thought, you know, based on some intel that me and you were receiving throughout the season. And again, Hugh touched on it later on in, in the presser and, and kind of owned up to this, but that um, the, the message of needing more talent in the middle of the season was just not the message. It was honest, right? Like there was, there was really no denying that. Um, But it didn't go over well in the locker room and you can't really blame the guys. Like they're in there busting ass every day, trying and they're hearing this, you know, when they're still all kind of, you're still trying to, you got a lot of games to play and you're already saying, you know, Hey, talent gap this week, talent gap this week. It just, it's hard to get them to do the things that you want them to do to believe in your complete message and buy in when they feel like you don't believe in you or they don't, when they, you think that you're not believing in them. Right. So I think that you will see the messaging change this year. And then it was, he talked about the receivers and um, he was kind of careful in the way that he did it and saying like, they're young, they're going to cut. He was just very, very 
spoke very praise of him, right? Very optimistic about it. He said, I'm very optimistic and hopeful. I think that's going to be the approach that he takes this year. There'll still be times where he just comes out and says, hey, this has got to be better. This, you know, this wasn't good enough or whatever. We had a bad day today, dropped too many balls, whatever the case may be. But I think overall, um, like you're going to see more of a, a more of a concerted effort from Hugh to kind of show love to the team, like Cat like you to say, show love to these boys, and uh, because just that message it didn't click. It was the correct message, and it was probably a recruiting pitch. And he, you know, we know that he went to the guys and said, "Hey, play in time immediately. I need talent." But as far as like saying that in the press conferences leading up to games that week, saying there's a talent gap this Saturday, this kind of stuff, they didn't buy in, man. They, that part didn't go over well with the guys. Um, and I don't think you're going to see that this year. I think it's going to be a whole lot of like positive. You know, you're going to see a, a 180, I believe, on that part. You know, the the word was like a lot of the dudes were like, hey, wh- wh- why are you saying that we suck? Right. Why are you saying that? Oh, you had to go to the transfer portal because Auburn didn't have no talent. So, did a lot of people give up? Did were they just there for me and not we? Were they just trying to pad stats to get a a combine invite? What I mean, you know, because that was the word, that was the rumor around the block. A lot of dudes in the locker room were like, "Well, you know, we don't suck. So why'd you have to go to the portal? Why'd you do this? Why'd you do that?" New coach new locker room, hmm. year two should improve. Uh, you know, you just – you got to build that culture, man, and it, it takes some time. Yeah, and it's – um, I think every coach, Blake, especially guys that have been in the game for a minute, I think that they're trying to learn kind of how to manage this new era of athlete. You know, yep. he, talk, he talked about how he had had a conversation with an NFL coach today, and some of the guys that were coming up to the combine – were upset to learn that they weren't getting some kind of NIL payment for coming to the combine. Like, nah, buddy, this is a privilege to be here. Like, you're not, you don't have yeah. to play in the, you don't, you don't have to play in the NFL, big dog. Like, yeah, you, you get should, invited, dog. Yeah, you should be happy you got the invitation. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So it's, it's just, uh, you know, they're, they're, they got, they're, they're trying to figure out how to, to navigate a, a new generation of athlete, man. Wait. We got to figure it out. We got to figure – look, if you want to call me about NIL and let me come up there and help you figure it out, like <laughs> I'm talking about to the NCAA, I can help. Like there's solutions to it. It's not that hard. Like we just got to pull it out of the recruiting game. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Well, Blake, I wanted to get over here and talk about some of the players, though. Uh, he was asked about Percy Lewis, and he said – Apparently, Percy Lewis likes to ride motorcycles, which six foot seven dude, uh, plus 300 pounds on a motorcycle. That would be a little bit into a little bit intimidating, bro. You just come rolling up on some people at the bar or whatever. Uh, but he talked about how he was just impressive, pretty agile for his size. Yeah. And he obviously he mentioned, uh, he was asked about Cam Coleman. He said, Look, he's a freshman, but he's gonna play right away. He wants to be careful not to put too many expectations on him. Um, Walker White, he said, hey, Walker White's got the arm. He's just kind of slinging that thing around. But obviously, like, hardly any practice is under his belt. So there's a yeah. whole lot there to learn. And then one thing, Blake, uh, well, he said that the, the, he talked about the young DBs performing really well, having a good day the first day. But what kind of stood out to me was when he was asked about quarterback, when he talked about play on the field, he mentioned Hank Brown throwing the ball well. When he talked about Peyton Thorne, he mentioned the leadership. I don't think 
that leadership is going to win you a starting job this year under Hugh Freeze. I think it may have won you a job last year under Hugh Freeze. And then he went six and seven, and then he kind of deceit. I'm not saying the seat's hot, but when you go six and seven, that's on your record now, right? At, at any SEC school. So any coach in this scenario, when the SEC knows, okay, year two, I got to do a little bit better than that. Um, so naming a guy so he stops pressing or because he's a good leader, I don't think that's going to be the case this year. And I just – it was subtle, but I took a little something from that. Um, just kind of talk about some of these guys, Blake. Who are you expecting to step up in that young DB room and then just the additions of Cam, uh, Cam Coleman, Percy Lewis? And what did you take of the whole little Hank Brown comment there? I'll start with Cam Coleman. The expectations are already there. There's no way to shy away from it. Mm. You got to step up. You you got to be that guy. Yeah, got to that, that. Look, we've already getting clips of you at practice, and you know, I mean, you're supposed to be the 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 one K guy, and the expectations are there. We got to go down the field and make plays. Like we got to see eight just turn into a whole different alien type animal uh, in Jordan Hare. We got to see it. It's got to happen. Um, so, yeah, there's no way to shy away from it. Hugh can say what he wants to, but the expectations are there, dog. Like, I, I got to see it. I got to see it. So, um, I think Cam's going to be a dog. I think he's going to be an absolute freak of nature. Percy Lewis, I think that's one of the biggest transfer portal gets in the conference. Not at Auburn. I think it's in the conference. To play that left tackle spot, so I like that. yeah, um, I I think that's huge. I think it really anchored down your offensive line, mm. which is crazy to sit here and think that we're not really worried about offensive line. Hey, the way that we have been in the past, right? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say that it's just gonna be you know light years better than what it's been, but. I'm worried about some other spots on the field before I'm worried about offensive line. And that's fun. <laughs> that's fun for Auburn fans. Nice you should, yeah. yeah. You should be like, Hey man, that's awesome. You know? <laughs> uh, so I, I love the comment about where he said that Percy Lewis was a huge, a huge human, you know, he was like, man, that dude's big. So uh, it, look, the DBs. All right. When you lose a guy, you know, like like uh, DJ James and Jalen Simpson, and you just talk about that secondary. And, uh, those guys are hard. They're hard losses. They're they're hard to replace. They're guys that you know we will remember for years to come, and we'll always, while they're on Sundays, we'll we'll look back and be like, man, just like we do with Jamel Dean and 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 Carlton Davis, right? You know. Yeah. Uh, even though Noah uh, Igabagany didn't pan out in the NFL, that was another one that we look back on. And we're like, man, he was special at Auburn, you know? Yeah. Rogers doing his thing, had a good yeah. rookie year. Yeah, Roger McCreary balling out, hooping. Uh, so, you know, we just look back on those dudes, and you're gonna you're gonna look back on these two and be like, man, like these dudes were the truth at Auburn. Like they were the truth. But I need Kay and Lee to be that next guy. Hmm. I do. I, I need him to step up this year yeah. and be that guy, be that dude that we can say, hey, next year we're losing him. 
because he's going pro. All right. Um, Keontae Scott, I need you to be that guy. All right. I need, I need you to anchor it down. Whether he ends up in the nickel or out on the island at corner, whatever. Got to be that guy. I need Keontae. We know what kind of leader he is. I need Keontae to be that guy. Hopefully he can stay healthy and and have a great year. I think he'll play on Sundays. But one room I know we're going to be, you know, we're going to be young at. I'm just not worried about our secondary. And that that just comes from the Auburn pipeline. Like I'm just it's just one group that I'm not worried about. And we talked about it the other night with Crime Dog and Charles Kelly. Yeah. I I just think we got talent back there. And and we go down like Champ Anthony. All right. Like we take that guy. Like dog dog was a JUCO guy. And they were like, hey, you're undersized. You're you'll never make it in the SEC. Dude gets a snap last year, and they flash on the TV and they're like, hey, Champ Anthony. Champ Anthony makes a tackle. And I'm like, hey, they said they said Champ Anthony couldn't play in the SEC. Like, th- the kid's flashing. Out here getting PBUs and, you know, I mean, the kid can play. He's a hard worker. But media members are telling me that he'll never play a down in the SEC. So, I think it just goes for uh, – it goes for the kind of coaches that we got back there and, and the kind of leaders and, and – you know, I'm looking at Keontae and Kalen and uh, Kayan, and I need them two dudes to anchor it down, Dustin. Yeah, for sure. We, we, you make a good point about Kayan. He definitely has to be that guy now. You step up. You be corner number one that we know. This guy over here, he's got his assignment locked up, and he's got all the potential to do that. And, you know, he's he's definitely the most – I would say probably the, the most ready for that, you know, right now in that room. And when I look at, when I look at Peyton Thorne, When I look at Peyton Thorne, y'all, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Everybody knows I was on the Peyton train. I I was trying to give him every chance in the world, you know, and and I still want to give him every chance in the world. But the – it's like that that swagger, dog, that I want my quarterback to have. He ain't got it. It's just not there. It's just not there. It's just not there. Walker White, dog. Walker White's at practice. Hey, right, right, hey, yeah. you know, hey, hey. And I'm like, hey, like, that's what I want to see. You know, like, I want to see somebody getting that. Like, like, man, you want your teammates to vibe with you and, and feel good out there. And it just seems like it's uptight. And I'm just like, dog, are you shy? I, even in the Even in the interview today, it just kind of felt like you got to tug on him to get him to answer stuff, bro. Like you got to really like dig deep. So it's very, very robotic and just yeah. And you know. I'm I'm just like, hey, loosen up, dog. Like here, you know. Yeah, you playing college football, man. Have a yeah. good time. Yeah. It's it's like I want to see. I want to see. Like I told you before we started recording, I want to see a day. Because last year we heard all of it. Well, oh, we're we're in a true quarterback competition. All right, well, well, Holden looked the best 
in the scrimmages. Holden ain't starting, though. Right. right? So this year, I can hear all that jazz. I can hear all of that. Oh, well, it's Peyton's job to lose. He's still going to have to win the job, though. But it's his job to lose. All right? Just show me A-Day, dog. I just want to get to see A-Day so I can sit here and see, is it Hank Brown? Is it Holden? Is it Peyton? Or is it Walker White? I want to see live action. And I think you made a great point. Let's let's pray for no rain this year at A Day so we can get we can see the ball thrown in the air this year. Yeah, you gotta All take right? it serious, man. Yeah. Um, because I want I want to see live action and I don't want to hear all of this. You know, this guy played great, but this guy's a leader, like you said, and leadership's not gonna win it this year. I'm sorry, I saw leadership last year, and leadership got you six and seven and a, a steady rotation of quarterbacks and one-score games. So I don't give a damn about leadership anymore, all right? Like, in-game, I want to see best arm talent, best quarterback play that can lead us to wins, period. And if, if Hank Brown's the guy, then let Hank Brown spin it because uh, that ball he threw on that clip, Look damn good. Rivaldo made a hell of a catch. So I think Hank's pushing. I think he's pushing. And he got an opportunity and he ran with it. You know, and you can sit here and you can say that that Maryland was playing, you know, soft zone and it was, you know, ten minutes left in the fourth quarter and they were up by three scores, whatever. I don't care. I don't care. He got an opportunity. He ran with it. He submitted himself uh as as you know, a, a guy that could compete for the quarterback job this year, and Peyton Thorne. Everybody thought that, you know, we were going to come into spring ball, and Peyton was going to be QB one, and it was going to be smooth sailing into spring, and it's just it's not working out like that. So, the main thing I'm taking away from it is he, yeah, Hugh is giving Peyton every chance to win the job, but is he actually going to win the job? You still got to go make the plays, big dog. I need to see. I need to see some. I, I said it a couple episodes ago, Dustin. I need to see some upbeat, like dog. I need to see you get it together because I ain't seeing it. Yeah. I just ain't sense of urgency for sure. And like you talked about that, just kind of said like he said we were just too casual last year. Just the overall approach was too casual. Um, so I think the whole program is definitely going to have a sense of urgency. Before we get out of here, he did say that his biggest concern, Blake. We just talked about it a couple weekends ago on our uh, one of our preview shows talking about uh, the defensive line. He said he's worried about the depth for the interior defensive line. He said specifically, Jason Jones is the guy that has to step up. And, he, you know, it's kind of one of the things where he was kind of speaking in code. He said, Jason Jones has to step up and play every snap with passion and energy. And I think he's, like I said, he's speaking in code there. He's telling Jason, hey, man, there's probably some times that you don't do that every snap. And, you know, we always – everyone's just heard about how Jason Jones is a good kid and a good leader and all that kind of stuff. I've seen a lot of interviews with him and stuff. He's obviously a very impressive kid and well-spoken. But can't be taking snaps off, big dog. You can't. Um, you got to get out there. And, you, and this year we're counting on you. He talked about DJ Reed moving inside. And then, again, just kind of how how much of a leader Keldrick Falk has has been down there in the unit. And then he said, Blake, he said, when we get to the spring portal, I got to go get some more depth on the interior 
defensive line. Just kind of echoing some of the stuff that we had mentioned as our concerns the other day, right? Yeah. Uh, Jason Jones, I need you to eat a double team, dog. Mm. I need you to be a factor. I need you to be an issue, period. I, yeah, we're going to have to go get some depth. We're going to have to go get some more guys. Like It's the one problem that we all were looking at saying, hey, we got to get better at that spot, you know. Stopping the run is not my biggest fear. Like, I, yeah, Auburn struggles at times, but I, I just kind of feel like we always get it together with stopping the run. It's about getting to that passer, dog. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about for Auburn. That is what we have lacked. And we got to get back to sacking the passer, brother. I mean, it has been a struggle. Just at least getting a hand in his face, man. There was times last year, you know – we let Jaden uh, Daniels sit back in the pocket, pick us apart. We let Jackson Dart sit back in the pocket and pick us apart. It's rough. It's rough, you know. Um, anybody, any quarterback gets uncomfortable when pressure is brought. All right, when you can get when you can get pressure with just four, and then you start bringing five and six. All right, and they're feeling – and he knows in the back of his mind, he's sitting there, he's like, man, they're getting pressure with four. I'm in for a long day. Tom Brady don't even like pressure, all right, period. No no quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, go back and watch the first half of that Super Bowl. My man did not want any part of that San Francisco front. Go back and watch the one he lost, Blake. Yes, sir. No, no great quarterback wants any part of pressure. Period. And they know if they're getting pressure with just four, when they start bringing five and six, I'm in trouble. And I don't want no part of that. I feel like that's when Jalen Milrow was at his weakness last year in the in the Iron Bowl. When when we we were heating him up. Yeah. We were heating him up. And he was constantly making mistakes. And then the last play of the game, we rushed two people with a spy. Like, incredible, dog. Like never understand mm-hmm. it. Um but that's my biggest thing is Keldrick Falk being issue, hmm. being issue. Um, I think he will be. Maybe I think bigger. he will be. And, and yeah, that, that dude's a dog, bro. I like the um, what is it? The uh, running with Reeves. Yeah, um, Reed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Running with Reed. Um, <laughs> Keldrick. Like when he asked Keldrick, he was like, he was like, shit. I'm still good, you know. Yeah. And it was like showed that showed that. So that's what I'm talking about, bro. With with guys like like right. you got that. You ain't got to sit there and tug it out of them. Like Keldrick was having fun in that moment. That's what I want to see. You know, like show that side of you sometimes. But also, we know you're a dog on the field, bro. Like that's what I mean by, by what I want my quarterback to be like. I want to see my quarterback in some of them videos and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you, man. Um, and you think too about some of the great the last great Auburn defensive line we saw back in 2019. If you can generate something up the middle, boy, all of a sudden and Marlon Davidson can come from the outside, it can really free things up. Man, if we could get uh if we could get like five sacks from, from Joe Phillips, right? If if Jamonte Waller could could come in and give you I don't know, three sacks and some pressures because they're freshmen, right? So I don't want to set a crazy bar, but if you could, could combine some of these freshmen's totals and they get you to double digits and then you get a healthy Jalen McLeod, 
that'll help a whole lot with what you're talking about, Blake. It will. And we got it. We saw Ron Roberts last year have to do so much stuff with Keontae and Donovan and get really creative in bringing guys from the secondary and blitzing linebackers at different times. And that led to a lot of explosive plays, something else you talked about today. He said he was really impressed when he met with DJ Durkin because DJ's whole thing top down is kind of let's prevent big plays first. Um, And Ron Roberts was, and I'm not even knocking him here. He just, I don't think he had the horses. He had to try to create pass rush at times. And, you know, it just, it's just not there. You know, you got to, if you're going to win these big games, if you look back at the critical moments of Auburn season last year, defensively, you weren't able to get off the field on third down. And I would argue that the reason you weren't able to get off the field on third down is because you didn't have the horses up front to do it. We were not able to make the plays on offense in critical moments on third down because we didn't have the guys at the outside wide receiver positions to make those plays. In recruiting, we attack defensive line. That's a position where it usually takes some time. He talked about, again, he talked about DJ Reed moving inside. That's a guy that's going to have to step up this year. I know he's going to be a red start freshman. Didn't see time. Bro, you got to be a guy now. You got to come in and be a guy. There's got to be some contribution from some of these Malik Blockton's, you know, TJ Lindsay. You got to like, that's just a position we're in if we're going to have successful or be successful and hold up on that, on that defensive line this year. I think that it's going to, depending on, I don't know how, like, there's just not going to be a whole lot of options that come available in the portal that are going to wow you. Uh, I hope we can find some depth pieces there. So it's going to be, to me, it's just going to be a position this year where it's going to be, it is what it is. I want to see the young guys, man, like get their feet wet this year. And if they can just combine, like I said, to kind of get us some production and then a healthy Jalen McLeod, because this defense is night and day in a lot of ways, especially on third down with a Jalen McLeod healthy and playing at his best. He's, uh, he's a big key to success on defense this year, man. I think you're really hoping that Gage Keys and Trill Carter come in and make a difference. Like, I, 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 I get it. I get it. But I, that would be, that would be big, you know. Big. Yeah. I, I, I think that's what we're, you know, if, if you're an Auburn, if you're an Auburn fan, I think that's what you're really hoping for. Um, but it all comes down to that second portal window. And Dustin and I have been screaming that. Like we all we all know that where we gotta go. You know, we, we gotta go get some depth because that's the one area and we're not gonna stop hammering that home. We know that. Like we, we gotta figure something we gotta figure something out up front. And my biggest thing is it really depends on Jason Jones. I you you have to cause havoc in that middle this year. Like we we're waiting on you. You transferred in, like we're we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. You got to show up this year. It's do or die. Yeah, he. If if we were doing, um, and I'm sure we will at some point in the offseason, like a now or never episode, he's yep. number one in my opinion. Like, yep. because the quarterback's obvious. You know, Peyton Thorne's the obvious. But like <laughs> Jason Jones, man, you are you are a guy, and and if you can step up and be that guy, mm-hmm. it can it can make. Because like when you talked about offensive line earlier, you know, when you think about Percy Lewis, Connor Lou, 
it's like, okay, now I can put everybody else where they belong. Yep. It's similar in that stance with defensive line, right? If Jason Jones can do his thing and then Keldrick Falk can do his thing, everybody else can fall in place and do the, and, yep. and, and this is just a position where we're going to have to be patient because it takes time to develop guys. But you look at that 24 class and you look at the guys that are already on board for the 25 class, dogs are coming. The dogs are coming. Some of them are already on campus and there's more on the way on that defensive line. But that that's not, you know, that's why like when I, when I am so just, I guess, boastful and just brash with my predictions of Cam Coleman, it's because he's a wide receiver. Like, I think he'll be able to step on field really early and make a big impact. And I understand that like there'll be growing pains and all that. And there'll be days where he has three catches for 20 yards early on. And somebody will come in the comments and be like, is this what you were talking about all the time? Dustin? Like, I know, I know that's going to happen, but like that, that position overall, man, over a 12 game freshman season, Camp Coleman should be able to make a big impact. And by the time he's a junior, he should be at this ridiculous level. It doesn't work that way the same in the SEC on the line of scrimmage, but we got them we got them committed, dude. Mm-hmm. Like you your boy down there in Sailorland, goodness gracious. That's a dog right there, son. Antonio and, Coleman? Yes, sir. Yeah. And they're and they're coming. They're coming. And uh like talk about how Keldrick Falk, his little brother, and I'm really interested to see it. Our members know I did the breakdown recently, and uh all that they're doing at Highland Home is he's literally just walking onto the line of scrimmage and just he's almost like in a wide receiver stance. Like he's just he's just yeah. he's high up, you know. So like um it's he's just a freak of nature type thing. I'm really interested to see kind of what they do with him and because he's he's not gonna be able to do that at the SEC level. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but but uh but Keldrick was the same way in a lot, a lot of ways. Yeah. And and uh Keldrick just kept growing and growing and growing but Keldrick came in as an edge and then he's had to move into the inside a little bit. But there's a lot of potential down there. It's gonna be uh King Vaughn. Can you coach him up? Can you get some more out of him? You know, in the way that Josh Aldridge last year, we had not not really good expectations for that linebacker you, room. You can say year. it. You can yeah, say I it. Didn't <laughs> didn't believe in the linebackers last year. Yeah. And Josh Aldridge, uh, he he got the most out of that room, man. And so can King mm-hmm. Vaughn do that? And again, defensive line works a little bit differently. But um, I'm excited to see it all, Blake. The boys are in pads. They're out there. They're playing football. We are gonna find out. Um, like you said, man, let's get us let's get a sunny A day and treat it serious. Treat yeah. A day serious and, and let them let them go around there and sling the pill. I want to see, I want to see something. But um, barely any practices, Blake. We've already got a ton of stuff coming out of them and a ton of stuff to talk about. So yeah. over the next couple of weeks, man, it'll get more. And the nuggets will start to come out. The content will really start to get juicy. We'll start to hear about position battles and this, that, and the other. And uh, I'm fired up, man, and I'm glad to do it with you. So you got anything before we get out of here? I'm done, brother. I just wanted to highlight baseball series this weekend. UConn coming to Plainsman Park Friday, uh, 6 p.m., First uh, first game, and then Saturday and Sunday, I believe, are at 1 p.m. Yeah, yeah so uh, big-time matchup. So get out there to Plainsman Park and uh, show love to these guys. Yes, sir. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. If you have not, we will see you guys for Sunday, Tuesday, somewhere around there. We'll holler at you. War Damn Eagle, man. We love each and every one of you. We're out. War Damn, baby.